It's time to lead the people. The show for aspiring leaders at every level. If you want to boost your self-confidence, get noticed, and maximize your impact by leading others, you're in the right place. I'm your host, Matt Pepsel. Ready to lead? Follow me. When I think about the great managers or bosses or leaders that I've had, I think about like, okay, they make me feel a certain way. Why do they make me feel that way? What is it that they do? That was Thad Peterson. Thad makes for a memorable name, and he's an even more memorable guy. He's currently the director of product marketing for the core platform at Zoom Info. Thad and I work together at the Predictive Index, and he's always struck me as one of the most genuine people I've ever met. When I decided to delve into the topic of authenticity, I knew I had to get Thad onto the show. Our conversation covers a lot of ground in a hurry, including how to choose leadership behaviors to emulate, how to get people to give you their very best, and how conceding power can actually increase your power. Let's listen in. And the reason that I reached out to you is because you've always struck me as being somebody who's very comfortable in their own skin. And I know that probably wasn't always the case, but that's definitely... <laughs> and it doesn't always feel that way. <laughs> it probably doesn't always feel that way. The reason I wanted to have you on the show is that you've always struck me as somebody who has really embraced what I would call an authentic leadership style. You've always seemed to be, as I said a little bit earlier, kind of comfortable in your own skin and knowing what you're all about and really being accepting of that. So my question to lead us off today is where did that authenticity that on your part come from? Was it something that just came all of a sudden or was it more of a gradual process? Were you even aware of it as, as you were sort of figuring out what you're all about? Um, a couple reactions. One, just the fact that you wanted to have me on this um, show or podcast is enormously flattering. I've got all the respect in the world for you and I think you are a phenomenal leader. So it's well, incredibly you. flattering for you to even ask me to, to join. So A, thank you. Um, being comfortable in my own skin, I think I am pretty comfortable, but I, I, I assure you it does not always feel comfortable. Um, it might appear that way. It certainly doesn't always feel that way. And, you know, you, just to let folks know, like there was a little bit of a cheat here. You told me ahead of time what we were going to be talking about. And, and when I was thinking about it, and this is somehow either contradictory or ironic or poetic, like the things where I feel like I've, I've developed an authentic, authentic style of leadership is mostly from observing other people and kind of like borrowing things that I see other people do, or I've seen other people do. And I think, well, that, that, that fits pretty well with me as a person. I mean, needless to say, like there are many different kinds of leadership. And so I think it's, it's pretty hard if you pick a style of leadership that doesn't naturally comport with who you are. Okay. And so then you, you get exposed to a lot of different types of, of leadership style or interaction, you know, leaders who are sort of directly above you or who are you know, well above you, whatever it might be. How do you evaluate? This is something that I might want to try to incorporate into my game. Well, I guess, uh, to be honest, like I am somebody who's sort of constantly analyzing, constantly like sort of observing much like yourself. And when, and I, I, I sort of, I don't know, cause I'm not in other people's heads, but I notice how different things make me feel sort of like there's a lot of meta cognitive stuff going on. I, I think about what makes me think certain things and what makes me feel certain ways. Um, and so when I think about um, the great managers or bosses or leaders that I've had, I think about like, okay, they make me feel a certain way. Why do they make me feel that way? What is it that they do? What are the little things? Um, and so I'll, I'll just give you one example. I had this boss, I was at a company called tech target and uh, hopefully all my other bosses aren't listening, but, 
this is my favorite boss of all time. Um, his name was Jeff Raminger, such a great guy. And um, he was remote. He was based down in Georgia. I was based up in the Boston area. He would come up pretty frequently. He was a bit of a road warrior. And um, about every month or so, when he would come up, he would take me out to dinner. And we'd go have a dinner and we'd talk about work, we'd talk about life, talk about personal stuff. Um, and I had never had a boss before and haven't had a boss since. Frankly, that would take me out to dinner um, every every month. And there was just something about that, uh, that uh, gesture of like bringing me out every month, getting to know me as a person that like I, I'd, I'd run through walls for that guy. Um, and other people would too. He was a beloved leader um, and a smart guy. Uh, and, uh, you know, like that was like one of those little things that, that I decided I want to be that kind of leader, a kind of leader who gets to know his people really well, that is invested in his people as people, not just people who work for, for him. So like that was one of those things that I tried to inherit and make my own. So you definitely saw that being modeled by him. And then you, uh, you know, I saw it firsthand with the types of relationships that you had with peers and with the people who worked you know, for you later on. It's amazing how that can sort of uh, trickle down and replicate itself throughout, you know, different, different uh, extensions. And probably somebody has picked up on, on you modeling that for them when they were earlier <laughs> in their career too. So yeah, I, I hope so. Yeah. Yeah, it is. It's sort of like, I don't know, pay it forward might be the wrong expression, but that's kind of how it, that is kind of how it works. You have somebody who takes you under their wing and you're like, you're so appreciative of it. You want to make sure to do that for somebody else at some point. And I like the, I like how you used the term fit when you were telling that story. And this was a leadership style and you try to, to uh, see how, which one's fit. And I got the image of, of uh, Chris Farley and Tommy boy putting on the jacket <laughs> and, and a little coat. That's how I have felt at times when I try to emulate something that does not fit. Like, you know, when it doesn't fit, right? And uh, I, I, that, I just want to say that is the greatest visual of all time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's a good one. It sticks with you. It's memorable. But I think uh, I had an experience like that myself when I was in the service and I started uh, modeling some behaviors of, of swearing, like giving orders and swearing a lot. And, uh, it just was not me. Like I occasionally I'll swear. I don't have a problem with it, but it was just too much. And it felt like I was, I was, uh, you know, I was Tommy boy in that moment. I was like, Nope, not doing that again. And I, well, I, that, yeah. Can I turn the tables on you and oh, ask yeah, you a question? So yeah. that that's kind of, I know you have a military background. I, this is just my perception. I can't imagine there's a lot of like creative license to given to how you manage in the military. Am I, Right about that or completely off base? It's probably a little bit narrower in terms of the guardrails, but there were absolutely when, you know, let's go back to your point about uh, creating and, and establishing relationships with others. The the Marine Corps, in my case, would tell you it's expected that you get to know your Marines, you know, male and female. You want to know everything about them. And they would tell you that you have to do that to be an effective leader. But the way that Marines do that differs. Some people are naturally comfortable with that. They can yeah, be sure. human within a very kind of inhumane at times sort of uh, discipline. Others, you know, struggle to do that, uh, quite honestly. So it, it uh, you may not see quite as much variety, but uh, there's definitely you know, peaks and valleys in terms of people who are naturally good at that relating to others. Yeah. 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 That's really interesting. There's also a lot of pressure, you know, when you think about trying to deliver results, which I think it's important for all leaders to not lose sight of that. I, one of the things that, that rubs me the wrong way a little bit is when we think about the soft side of, of leadership and humans, and we're talking about being empathetic and those things are critical and important. 
but they missed the point of saying that we're doing those things while we're on the job. You know, we have a job to do. We want to deliver results. And so as an example, like when you talked about, you know, going out to dinner and talking about your life, it created uh, the situation you described where you'd walk through walls for this person. And when they needed something so that you could help, maybe if you had to stay late, maybe if you had to work on a presentation or deal with a tough client situation, you're like, without question, I'll do this thing that puts up the result because you've shown me and you've created that strong relationship with me. Yeah. So I think sometimes we lose sight of that. And that's where yeah. authenticity is really key. Yeah, for sure. And I'll, I'll share with you another um, Jeff Raminger story. So here was this guy, took me out to dinner, just, you knew, I just knew he had my back and like more so than any other boss I ever had. I also remember we had come out with a product and he had asked me to write the press release for it. And I, I put, I wrote the press release and he read it. <laughs> and I just remember saying he was like this kind Southern gentleman, Southern drawl. And, and he, he just looked at it and he goes, that, I, this isn't very good. I don't like this very much. And <laughs> it was just very direct. Um, and if it wasn't like a kind of thing where I knew this guy had my back and liked me as a person like that, all I wanted to do, given my background and my history with this guy, was just fix it to make it better for him. I didn't take offense. I appreciated the fact he was direct with me. But had he not built that kind of like that personal rapport and relationship with me, it probably would have felt a little bit different. Yeah, it, it's it's amazing how that, that relationship can really pay off in that way. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, do you have any Tommy Boy moments yourself? Anything that you tried out that just didn't quite make it, didn't quite uh, you know, didn't, <laughs> didn't stick with you in terms of your leadership approach? Um. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah, I, I I probably continue to have Tommy Boy moments. There's just certain things like as a leader, like like you said, it is important as a leader to uh, to focus on results. And and sometimes I would actually say it's a fault of mine to some extent. I I I feel a little bit torn between caring about people and caring about results. And sometimes there's tension between those things. In fact, uh, more than I would like. Uh, and so that, that continues to feel awkward for me when I have people on my teams that are struggling performance wise, I hate that. I'm not, I'm not very good at handling that. Yeah. And I, <laughs> I, I can relate to that hundred percent. And I think it's, it's one of those things that never really gets easier. doesn't, doesn't be, ever feel natural. The time that I experience it the worst is when there's something even outside of my own leadership that they're dealing with. Maybe there's an organizational pressure or a change or something has happened and, and you can't necessarily fix it. But at the same time, the performance and the results aren't there. And you're like, oh, how do I navigate? It's hard to navigate that. Yeah. When you think about authenticity and, and it's such an important and critical thing for leaders to know what they're all about, I believe, because I think that one of the things that's really tied to it is trust. It's really hard to trust someone who just isn't giving off that vibe. And I don't have really good language for it, but you just know when somebody's not quite being as genuine. And I don't think it's out of malice. It's not something that they're intending to try to be deceitful, but they just don't quite have it yet or they don't quite trust it yet. Eventually, it's going to make it harder to trust them or to understand, you know, you might see some inconsistency and that's going to show up in the result. Jeff yeah. would be very upset at this point. He'd say, no, <laughs> This is compounding the result. I'm never happy. It's, and it's also, at least for me, um, like it's really powerful when you see a person in in a position of authority back down and say, I was wrong or, you know, you know what? I, I think you make a really good point. I'll, I'll, I'm not going to, I'm not going to fight you on it. I think you got a good point there. I'm going to back down. Like to me, I think that, um, 
that sends a really powerful message. Yeah, it's funny that you use that term power because it made me think, you know, sometimes uh, a, a less experienced leader might feel that they're losing power if they lose an argument. But the reality is it depends on how you lose the argument. It depends on how you, you know, make room for innovation or learning or, you know, being wrong or demonstrating vulnerability. These things can be quite powerful if you do them the right way. So it's it's a, one of my favorite things about the topic of leadership is people are complicated and yeah. complex and you kind of got to figure it out. It's, it's very interesting in that way. And, and leadership's complicated and, and not all like, I don't have to tell you, Dif different leaders for different situations, different people are different types of leaders. And, you know, you can have two very different styles of leadership, both of which can be wildly effective. So, yeah, it's it's a nuanced and layered topic for sure. Yeah, and I think um, in terms of, of if I came to you, let's say I'm, I'm one of the less experienced people on your team and they said, how do I how do I figure it out that how do I develop the same type of authenticity and self-awareness that you have? Where do I begin? What would you tell them? Oh, my gosh. Wow. Um, <laughs> for the record, nobody has ever come to me and said that or asked <laughs> that. So this is the first time. Um, so. <sighs> I, I I tend to be a very reflective person. I think about, <laughs> like I said, I, a lot of like metacognitive stuff going on. I think about like, why am I thinking this way? Why am I feeling this way? So I think that's an important thing to do. Um, I think being aware of what you see in other people and what's working and, and look for the little things that people do. Um, again, like, you know, one thing that I have come to admire, there, there's actually, there's a gentleman who is the chief operating officer at Zoom Info. And so I'm at this company called Zoom Info now, and it is a rocket ride of a company. Um, when public last year, revenues growing like 60% a year, valued at $18 billion. It's just ridiculous. It's just one of these unicorn companies. Um, and there's this chief operating officer. His name is Chris Hayes. And I know him a bit, don't know him too well. Um, and I interact with him a bit, but not too much. But in my interactions with him, he just, he doesn't feel the need to talk all the time. He's comfortable shutting the hell up. And he's also very comfortable just letting his opinion known let his letting his opinion be known when it needs to be known um and he it's he to me kind of epitomizes somebody who's comfortable with their own power um and he has a lot of power within this organization he just he doesn't feel the need to constantly exert it but he knows when he does have to exert it and to me like that is a really important part of of being a good leader is just like understanding when you have to exert leadership and also very much understanding when you don't. Hmm. I like that. And I like that you, you have observed that, you know, in him and that, you know, because increase the likelihood you can demonstrate that yourself you know, <laughs> at your level with your people and your context, you know? Yeah. I hope so. I hope so. I'm trying. Yeah. No, it's, it's pretty, it's interesting. And I, I love the idea that you've shared about, you know, metacognition and thinking about how am I thinking, how am I feeling and that being observant, I think is really important for leaders. In my own personal experience, I think as a younger person, I had a lot more energy and I would fight myself and I would help <laughs> myself and I would beat myself up and tell myself all the things I shouldn't, you know, should be and couldn't be and all these things. And as I got older, I just got tired. Yeah. <laughs> so now I just started letting go. I was working with a coach one time and I was telling her about all these things that are in my mind. She goes, 
it sounds like you're carrying some really heavy bags. What would happen if you just let those go? And I was like, Oh my God. It's just kind of like a rifle shot. I'm like, Holy cow. It'd be a lot, a lot easier. And, uh, so, so authenticity for me personally was a process not of really recognizing what I was, but just letting go of what I was never going to be. Yeah, right. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And that it's funny you bring that up. I have noticed that in leaders too. Like I think about all the things that would cause me anxiety and I look at really great leaders and they manage to let go of it. Um, and sometimes it drives me crazy. It, it, it bothers me a little bit that they don't have more anxiety over things, but like, I guess, especially as you sort of evolve as a leader, you can't, you just can't humanly worry about everything. So figuring out what's worth worrying about is, 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 uh, <laughs> is an important decision. Yeah. Prioritization, I think. And, and sometimes a lot of times when I'm coaching other leaders myself in my life, you know, they'll all come, not all, but many will come and say, I have to work on this weakness. And you're like, really? Why? What, what about a strength that could be an even stronger asset? Or yeah, yeah, right. Maybe right, you'll right, get right. more results out of, you know, exercising and, and developing down on something you're already reasonably good at, but could be excellent at. That might, depending on what you're trying to accomplish, that could actually be more you know, deep. I guess when I, taking it back to authenticity, settling into yourself or some aspect of yourself could actually get you further than trying to pack on something that you're you're not. Right. Yep. Absolutely. And then, of course, finding, you know, you you work at a company, the Predictive Index, that I think is a, a real good natural fit for you. Um, not everybody has that luxury of working at a, a place that's a great fit for them. And so, in addition to finding out where you like what what is a good fit for you from a leadership standpoint or from an authenticity standpoint, finding a place where that, that, where that fits as well is probably really important. Yeah. I think it would be hard to, it would be hard to develop the level of, of self-awareness and the, the metacognition you described. If every day you're like, I really don't belong here, you know, yeah, right. I don't fit in here. And yeah. I'm having to do these unnatural acts to pretend like I enjoy these people. <laughs> it takes a lot of energy. And I think that self-awareness and, and uh, embracing what you're all about also takes energy. So at some point, yeah. those things compete with one another. <laughs> they sure do. I agree. <laughs> it's pretty amazing. I think we've talked about this a little bit, but you know, I, I wonder if we could just kind of circle back to it. If you think about an, a quality or characteristics that you appreciate most in leaders, what would uh, some examples of those be? Um, I really appreciate it when leaders acknowledge their own weaknesses or they acknowledge the, the weaknesses of the organization that they're leading. I, I personally really admire that. That's one thing I like. I like leaders who keep it casual, um, who don't. I think some leaders can kind of hide behind formality on some levels. Uh, and usually I think when people are overly f formal, it is that they're kind of like shielding themselves with formality a little bit. So I think leaders who keep it casual are, um, in, are, I admire that. And something that I have the, the, in recent months and over the past year or so, something I've just come to appreciate a lot. You know, there are people who are really articulate and great orators and you can put them in front of a crowd and they just spin tails and they're magical. Um, and that's something, that's an amazing skill set. But what I have come to appreciate is people who just communicate efficiently, who just, they don't 
need to hear themselves speak. They say what needs to be said and then move on. I've, 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 I've become, that's become something that I admire more and more because I've noticed how rare it is for people to be really efficient communicators. So that, that's something I think is, uh, that I would look for in a great leader. I think in this environment we're in now and with the, the, the fast pace and just how much content there is out there, that's more important than ever. I was talking to a, a Gen Z leader the other day and they said, uh, you know, the skim, I'm like, oh yeah, the skim It's the email comes in. It's really just the least you need to know about it. Said, yeah. I don't, I can't even stick with the skim anymore. <laughs> much. I was like, oh my gosh. Exactly. And I fall in that trap all the time that you just talked about is like, I, I like to, to, talk or to share or to tell stories. And sometimes people are like, you need to get to the point. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a place for that. And again, like picking and choosing your spots uh, is, is a big one too. Like it is great to be able to tell stories and like connect with people, but then there are like, also you don't have to do that all the time. There are times when you can just like say what needs to be said and move on. So, um, you know, it's a constant struggle. Very good. Very good. Well, before I forget, let me get a clean read on this one. So Thad, where can my listeners go to learn more about you? Uh, so LinkedIn profile, uh, just look for Thad Peterson. I'm also on Twitter, although I'm not like a power Twitter user, but Thad Peterson on Twitter. So either of those would work just fine. Cool. I'll include those links in the show notes as well. It's awesome to have you on the show. Always a pleasure. Thank you. And it's awesome to see you. And I'm whoever's listening to this, know that Maddie P is the true godfather of talent optimization. So <laughs> you got great things to share with people. Thank you, sir. Here are my top three takeaways from today's episode. One, pay attention to how other leaders make you feel when you feel at your best and try to replicate those specific behaviors in your own leadership. Two, show interest in other people as people, and you'll have a strong relationship foundation for those times when you have to deliver constructive criticism or ask for a better effort. Three, conceding a point when you're wrong or in favor of a better approach doesn't weaken your authority, but instead creates trust and respect on the part of your followers. If you enjoyed this episode, please consider hitting the subscribe button in your favorite podcast app. Thanks for making this investment in your leadership ability, and thanks for sharing this podcast with another aspiring leader who needs to hear it. All right, leaders, until next time, don't just manage the business when you can lead the people. Bye for now. I just want to say that is the greatest visual of all time.